0: Building your first PC and don't know where to start? Go to Build Cores, PC Parts and Builds, on iOS or Android, and select between CPUs, motherboards, RAM, video cards, storage, power supplies, and CPU coolers. I have the app open right now, and when I click on CPU coolers, it lists them from top to bottom, most expensive to least expensive, and tells you where to buy them. This is an excellent app for sorting through the rough, and building your first PC build cores, PC parts and builds on both iOS and Android. This is Broken Silicon PC Hardware Gaming Podcast. Everyone knows who's hosting it. I'm, of course, joined. I'll let you introduce yourself as usual. I'm Paul from Non Apple Fan, I suppose. Well, certainly any of the bigger supporters will know who you are, considering we mention each other's channel every five seconds. Yeah, it seems. pretty much.
1: Yeah. Me, you, and Chris, I suppose. Yeah.
0: It always surprises me, too, like, because I'll go and catch up on some videos from Chris, and then he'll mention me. I'm like, hey, you mentioned me. And I'm like, wait, well, that's not. I, you know what? I I mentioned him the last three episodes as well, so I guess that's not that weird. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think people think we're in some sort of cahoots like we talk every day and like compare videos and make that I think we're just on the same wavelength. I think that's all it is.
0: Yeah, it actually annoyed me for a little bit a few of those times early 2019 where we literally had almost the same video come out the same day. And mm-hmm. then people, were, and then people, and just because people kept grouping us together like we're the same person, I'm like, I don't think you get it. We're not the same person. We just literally three times in a row posted the same subject on the same day. It's all coincidence.
1: We all literally got the exact same leak the same day, I think, is what happened.
0: Well, yeah, for that one especially. <laughs> yeah. I'm always particularly amused when literally it's not something that's in the news that day but was three days before and then we have the same take about something no one else is talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think sometimes what happens is I might, I'll, I'll watch your video and it might inspire me to do it. Like recently you did a video uh, pretty much about like gamers have been left behind or whatever like that and, you know, creators. yeah. And I pretty much did the same video, but I have I've proof that I was going to do that video. And it was me commenting on Hardware Unboxed, basically, yeah. yeah, like three or four days beforehand. So I was always going to do that video. I just hadn't got around to it yet. And um, I did like shout you out in the video and say, go watch his video first so that you could like feel like cause it was a completely different take. I think I got more ranty, more angry and talked about a few couple of different things, but
0: Yeah, I had – what did I call that? I I think I had that on my whiteboard for a couple weeks, and then I saw the hardware – it's the general premise of that. And then I saw the hardware unboxed video, and I just let it ruminate, and eventually it all came together exactly what I wanted to show, especially seeing that 28 nanometer, which for those who don't know – we're referencing a video from Hardware Unboxed where he analyzes if things are actually that bad now for gamers. And and to be honest, I overall agree with his sentiment. I think now is pretty damn good for the past three years, and there's been worse times before. But I, I really didn't – it really is only good for some people. And I can understand, even though – again, I agree with Steve's sentiment that things are pretty decent now. But I do understand why if you're a specific type of person, it doesn't seem any better at all.
1: Yeah, well, for me, like, I'm from the era of, like, I really... You you got into gaming PC hardware a lot later than I did. I'm from the era of, like, 8800 Ultras and 8800 GTXs and, you know, HD 4870s and HD 5870s and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's when I I had all those cards. I had uh, uh, 4870X2, the dual GPU card on one GPU that actually was the fastest card in the world from AMD. It was 100%. And be- because games were so demanding at the time, what reviewers called playable was 24 frames per second.
0: Well, yeah, 24.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, having two GPUs allowed you to play games at 48, 50 frames per second. Ooh. And yeah, <laughs> and, and so people genuinely use Crossfire. They implemented Crossfire in a lot of our games, so it worked.
0: Yeah, I, I used Crossfire on my 6950s, and it actually worked pretty much every game, even up until then. I really think it was around Kepler and GCN where you just saw this, I will say, unreliable Crossfire performance showing up. Mm.
1: And it makes no sense to me why GPU developers, or GPU manufacturers haven't pushed it, because you're going to sell double the amount of cards. <laughs> Do you know that? I mean? You're yeah. not in every scenario, but you're, you will sell double the amount. I understand why they killed it on the low-end cards. The Nvidia sure. drove that because um, they didn't want you to be able to buy two low-end GPUs and not buy their high-end GPU, their higher-margin GPU. I understand that. But I don't understand why they did it on the high-end stuff because wouldn't Nvidia like to send, sp- send, uh, sell two 2080 Ti's to the same guy?
0: Well, that's kind of how I think of Crossfire right now as well, is that I think I think we just need to accept that. I remember, yeah, again, in the 6000 series, my brother had a 6450. That was $40, better than the PS3. I mean, granted, the PS3 is like six years old at that point. But, I mean, it was, you could get some decent budget cards for pennies. And I remember seeing that it allowed three-way crossfire for some reason or something stupid. Like, they didn't care. And I think we can just accept it's probably not worth them. I bet it didn't work well because almost no one would do that. But I think we just can accept it's not worth their time to do it for the most part. But I don't get why they don't at least do it for, like, two select models and then just double down on making sure they work perfectly. Like, I agree. I think they should at least make the 2080 Ti and 2080 work, which I guess they do. But, and I think it would behoove AMD to like make a couple models lurk. Like what if they just didn't even worry about almost all of the low end, but then they said, you know what, RX 590 is Crossfire, so does Vega 64, and they just made sure the drivers worked at least on those models for those who want it.
1: Yeah, I think it'd really help AMD more than NVIDIA, because NVIDIA are always going to make the big, massive, gigantic dies that are always going to outperform, because NVIDIA don't care. They just, they know they'll sell whatever they make, so I just want to win. Whereas AMD, in the kind of, we just want to make margin, we just want to sell graphics cards, we just want to get mind share. It's pretty easy for them just to get, buckle down, make two cards that work really well, and they will give you the same performance as a high tier card for the same price. Like what, two 5700 XBs? If you could double the performance of them, even 80% scaling, you're up And it worked the, in
0: every game. Yeah, yeah. you're up
1: past the 2080 Ti, so...
0: I mean, heck, I would take it if they could just make it like, and this is what I wish they would do. And it's, we're oversimplifying, right? But I'd be fine with, it was just like 60% performance increase, but it was always 60. Mm -hmm. Like something like that would be totally worth it. But I guess, you know, that was a big initiative of Raja Kadori. He talked about that over and over that he wanted multi-GPU and the 480 was one of those mid-range cards that I think supported four-way crossfire out of nowhere, but That was it. He was clearly overrided.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's basically the the reason why it's happened is because this is the only thing that makes sense to me is that uh, a lot of people buy lower end GPUs. Like they do not buy 2080s and 2080 Ti's, they buy 70 cards and lower. That's the mainstream. It's like the mainstream kind of budget. Budget is 200 to 300 quid, but then you got some people who want to spend a little bit more. I think that once NVIDIA stops supporting them, Uh, people didn't want, to like, the game developers didn't want to make, uh, you know, Crossfire and SLI a thing because most Mm. people use those lower-end cards. It's the only way that makes sense to me. So if you want to blame somebody on killing Crossfire and SLI, blame NVIDIA, in my opinion. Uh, Yeah, uh, I I agree.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I... uh... Yeah, that's a whole thing. I'll, I'm gonna move on. It's, uh, I'll throw in a reader mail here. Carbon Cry asks, "Why do you hate Apple so much?" And in general, what's your opinion on pairs? I do have to add on to that. <laughs> I've noticed it looks like a pair on your channels, you yeah, on your YouTube channel now.
1: Yeah, because like Apple is such a greedy bastard company that um they will they will literally sue anybody. So when I was going out for to get sponsorships, the company oh. said to me. I- do not have an Apple because we would be worried that you would get you would be liable. And if you're liable, then we're liable because we sponsor you. So I had to change it. That's what I assumed it was. Yeah. Yeah. And um, why do I hate Apple? I don't hate Apple. Apple makes some really good products. Uh, I just don't like people getting ripped off. And I think that the stuff that goes into Apple products are exactly the same as the stuff that goes into everything else. And the leader, especially lately. Yeah. And the leader in any sector that charges too much always forces other people to drive up their prices. Because if the leader can drive up their prices and get high margins, why wouldn't the supporting guys do that as well? And it doesn't mean they're going to be as expensive as Apple. It just means they might be 60-70% as expensive as Apple, which leads to more people getting ripped off in the long run. So therefore, I call it Not an Apple Fan, what's the name of my channel.
0: What a good segue, someone driving up prices. So (laughs) this is going to come out around Christmas. Uh, I already did part one with Dan, which was really just talking about before we even had a channel. Part two was Chris. I think we mostly concentrated on the end of 2018 RTX and kind of the launch of Zen 2. Uh, And so I think if we can, we should try to focus on, well, I think the army of little GPUs, Threadripper, the 3950X, but I do have to ask, I think. To only be fair, let's not dwell on it. But what did you think of the Super launch one more time? <laughs> Overall, now that all of them for now are out besides the twenty eighty Ti Super.
1: Well, it's very simple. NVIDIA made a bunch of GPUs that they sold specifically to make margin on. So if you look at the way they launched their their, their RTX cards, they launched them because they had no competition. They launched the SKUs that they could make the most yield on, and the ones you can make the most yield on are going mm. to be the ones you can make the most money on. So they did that, and then they knew that there was something coming around the trots from AMD, something going to come around the tracks. So they knew there was something coming around the tracks from AMD, and because NVIDIA can never lose, they went, right, we'll lose a little, <laughs> bit of money, little bit of margin, but still make quite a lot, and our node has matured even a little bit more, so now we'll give you the full dies that you should have always got uh, if we had any competition. That's pretty much what the super lineup is. It's only five to ten percent at its highest peak. I think with the twenty seventy super, and it's 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 like four percent with the twenty eighty uh, super, and then the sixteen fifty super is literally uh a, a f- to put the frighteners on AMD and to control like can kind of control that market down at the bottom because they want to sell you what is essentially a torty card in my opinion. It has 800 stream process uh, 800 CUDA cores in like that's. Really, really cut down, and they they just wanted to sell you that. But unfortunately, you start getting rumors and rumblings, and they of course, these mm-hmm. people, you know, they they knew how fast the 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 RX fifty five hundred and uh, yeah it was going to be, so they just launched this card preemptively to kind of kill that dead. And it by all intents and purposes, it's just a cut down sixty and sixty. So it's not even in the same tier of graphics card. And if you know how Nvidia tend to work, they tend to. Make a tier of graphics card for each tier they want to set, each price point they want to hit, and they yeah. haven't done that with this one. So it's clearly just a reactive move.
0: Yeah, and I think Nvidia just wholly underestimated Navi. I think we all did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the most underestimation came from thinking. I don't know if I don't know. If remember if you remember the Fury X launch where AMD put out this like press performance summary. It, it, I think it was an internal one, but they were like, see how the Fury X is better than the Titan Maxwell. And I remember looking at the settings uh, at the bottom of the page and they had like AF times zero. And then they'd randomly turn off MSAA, but turn <laughs> it on in some games. And some games were at medium, some were at ultra. And they were like, see, it's 5% better than the Titan. And I'm it, like, oh, yeah. right when I saw that, I was like, oh, it's going to be weaker than the Titan if they have to cherry pick this. And I think when NVIDIA saw those charts, Of the 5700 XT and 5700, they're like, oh, they say it's 10%, 20% better. It's probably going to be the same performance. Then it came out and it was like, oh, no, it is 10 20% better. And you shouldn't have thought. like AMD just doesn't really lie anymore. You're getting what you're getting from AMD. And I think that was the big underestimation NVIDIA made. And that's why this super launch has been so staggered and, frankly, idiotic looking and confusing to most people.
1: Yeah, but the 5500 has been a staggered, confusing launch as well. Like, like announcing it two, three months ago and then nothing, no MSRP, no nothing for God knows how long. Like, it's it's crazy that that was a, a crazy launch as well. I think it's just they're trying to one up each other in a weird way because they like they just don't want to let each other like AMD are sick of being caught with their pants down, I think. And that's what happened with the 5700 XT. Like, I released videos. I was like, do not buy this card. It's stupid. It's 450 quid going to be about as fast as a Vega sixty four uh, overclocked Vega sixty four, and do you know what? To the most part, in a Vega with a Vega sixty four overclocked, if you get seven percent out of the memory, seven percent out of the core, you're not that off. And it's it's two years later, and it's four hundred and fifty quid. The Vega sixty four launched for five hundred quid. For me, that was like, it, what? Where? Where's my? Who will Who will buy this? Because the people who spend five hundred quid are not going to buy this. Then they drop the price, and I was always thinking that you know. Their, um, for me, I was like, I was looking at their benchmarks, like, AMD have cherry picked these benchmarks. They have 100% mm-hmm. cherry picked these, and then they didn't. So I was yep. like, okay, right, it is 25% faster and it's 20% cheaper. I'm okay with that. I'm not blown away by that, but I'm okay with it. So much so that I saw my Radeon 7 and bought one. But like, Because it's 1% slower than the Radeon 7.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing that, um, for me personally, I'm over the complaining about prices. It's been talked to to death. I've said everything I had to say, and sometimes I was pretty angry. I mean, again, the thing that angered me the most, again, it's not really NVIDIA, although that's its own discussion, because they're a business. They're trying to make money. And it's not always the people buying them. But it's like when you have people who are supposed to be informed and are like, the 2060 super fixes everything and i re, again i one of my favorite things i put in a video I was like yeah look at that improvement and i just showed 60 class gpu 349 and i cross it out now 399 what a bargain <laughs> like and it doesn't cost them any less to make they're making probably bigger margins on the 2060 super than the 2060 they just segmented that to 6 gigabytes cuz i don't know they can and it's just expecting amd to be a charity i'm just it's a better deal and now we have at least in america 5700s drifting towards 300 bucks which is fine and then the 5700xt drifting towards 370 that's fine when the i see the 2060 super actually going above 400 on new i mean i don't know what to tell you it's amd's doing any everything they have to and if you know
1: well, like, if you look at, I, I live outside of the United States. Like, I think the United States kind of lives in a bubble because they get everything cheaper than everywhere else. And I live outside the United States of America. And I can,
0: USA, USA. Yeah, Sorry, go right. On. <laughs> anyway, like,
1: we wouldn't have all this cool shit if it wasn't for the USA, let's be honest. But anyway, uh, I live outside, and I can tell you, hands down, that you can get AMD products for MSRP, except mm. for the CPUs that are dramatically, like, unbelievably out of stock. Yeah, in I know. But like when they're in stock, you can get them for MSRP. Intel, you cannot get their stuff for MSRP. NVIDIA, you definitely cannot get their stuff for MSRP.
0: Yeah, from what I can tell, it kind of varies from country to country. It seems like for the most part, lately, AMD things are at MSRP. Because I'll hear someone say, like, I'm in Italy. You know, this NVIDIA card's double what it is in your country. And then the AMD card's actually cheaper. Every now and then, though, in Eastern Europe, I'll see, like, NVIDIA's for some reason cheaper and AMD's more expensive. It varies. Well, like, I
1: I live in Europe. And I'm only talking about Europe. Because that's all. I source my parts from. I can source my parts from any country in Europe. That's the great Ah, thing about living in Europe. Free shipping all around the country.
0: No, we we pay VAT. As long as you don't vote to leave Europe.
1: Well, we're not voting. We're in Ireland, so we're staying. You uh, decided you're still part of a continent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, uh, it's it's practically a country. It's like, I can order something from Italy as cheap as you Mm -hmm. can order something from uh, New York State or, you know, uh, DC or whatever. DC is in the District District of of Columbia. Columbia. That's it. District of Columbia. That's what I was trying to remember. Yeah. They typically
0: get things from Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But
1: you know what I mean? So you can order from any state. and you just pay the sales tax in that state and I imagine you just get it. Yeah, you don't. Or Mm -hmm. if there's some sort of federal tax on that as well, I don't know. It depends on the state because
0: just like you said, Europe's basically one country. Well, the United States is basically 50 countries. (laughs) If you go to New York, I can tell you it's very different than if you're living in Tennessee. (laughs) Well,
1: that's the same in in Europe. Like every different, every different, uh, you know, sovereign state within a union uh, has its own tax rate, has its own all, all that kind of stuff. But, basically nvidia is always more expensive in you in 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 the eu which is uh you know quite a quite a substantial amount of developed countries and it's always like for instance in the united kingdom which is a stronger currency than the dollar it's usually Mm. more expensive in pounds than it is in in dollars which is oh yeah oh yeah i noticed that And, you know, one thing
0: I want to add on, though, because I don't know, you might find this interesting, right? So every state has different tax laws. Like in Texas, there's no income tax. That state does not tax your income. (laughs) The federal government does. Now, if you're in Minnesota, where I'm from, where I was born, not where I am now, um, I don't believe there's any sales tax. So there's no tax on sales. But you go one state over, there might be. And depending on which warehouse it ships from, I've noticed sometimes tax isn't applied. Although I believe almost all states have passed online taxes in the U.S. by now. But I remember about two years ago, there was this while where I would order certain things from Newegg because there was no tax. And I would order certain things from Amazon if I knew it came from the Wisconsin warehouse. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought you should know that that's a thing. <laughs> you sounded curious.
1: Yeah, well, here in Ireland, they tax everything. Uh, we have vast, we have 50% tax on your on your salary. We have uh, house tax. We have uh, ev- everything's tax, but at the same time, everything's free. All the public services are free.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought that'd be interesting because I do know, I heard on a podcast recently that someone from Europe asked, do you guys add money after you buy it? Is that actually how taxes work? <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, it is actually kind of stupid. We agree. Yeah. But I mean, moving on though, I mean, let me uh, throw in a reader mail because I think we got off subject. So yeah. Ikes writes in and he says, <laughs> R3. And when he says R3, he's talking about, you know, R3, R5, R7 processors. R3 seems to not really be coming for Ryzen 3000 generation. Could it come back with Ryzen 4000? It just doesn't seem to make sense for them to make any of these and they can just keep selling 12 nanometers for 120 bucks. I
1: think that's an interesting point. That is your R3. It's, it's a simple, it's a simple math equation. AMD has to buy a certain amount of wafers from GloFo, even though they've negotiated them, go, negotiate them down yeah. every year, they still have to do it. And they they can't get enough supply from TSMC, so why not just keep your cheaper stuff on GloFo? And that's what they're doing. And it, it makes sense. I think maybe you might get R3 APUs, maybe. Oh, sure. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. Uh, next, CES, because CES is, is when I think APUs will be launched, but mm. probably just for laptop, for all I know.
0: But yeah, um, I don't remember the die size of the 2700X, do you? I think it's like... 280, like hundred 281 millimeter squared or
1: something like
0: that. But. Right, so on a node that mature, <laughs> <laughs> and they don't have to put GDR6 on it, they don't need to put this cooler on it. I mean, it comes with a cooler, but it's those things, they're making some <laughs> profits, even at a hundred bucks, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, some that, really good yeah, profits. Yeah, yeah. So why bother trying to do this IO die thing. I I think a lot of people are like, when are they going to bring, you know, Zen 2 to this type of APU, or when are they going to do this? I'm like, "Uh, honestly, Zen Plus is pretty good. They're probably going to keep selling Zen Plus-based products for a while. I mean, they work just
1: fine. And the 7-nanometer node is maturing a lot quicker than any other node. So that means that you're not... Not forever then, but... Yeah, but that means you're not going to get as many dregs as you would on, let's say, the 14-nanometer, which means Mm -hmm. that it's going to be a problem selling those maybe... You you get a chiplet that has two only two cores functioning, and then you can put two chip two chiplets together to make whatever. Because that's your drags. They're not going to do that because it, it, you're get, you're getting more six cores than ever before. Like they're get, I think they're getting too many six cores because you can see that they're trying to do that with Threadripper. Use as many six cores as they can. Get them out of like there's going to be a forty eight core.
0: I'm skeptical if there will be a forty eight core at least soon, just because. I've heard I've heard that the six core yields can have some sourcing issues though, especially in the professional market. Like that, you base they're basically just not selling six core chiplets for the professional thread rippers. Uh, at least is what that server guy said. Uh, I guess we'll call them individual ones since we both talked. Yeah, about it. yeah. But so I don't. I'm not really. I'm not really sure. But yeah, it's like I. I, I think it's at least at eighty percent yields now for a seven nanometer, and so that means we're looking at tons of eight core chiplets. I wouldn't assume 48 cores coming for the reason that I'm not sure who it's for. And I've said that before. So there's 24 cores and 32 cores. And we know who that's for people building Threadripper, not going all out. We know who the 3990X is for. Well, it's a halo chip. It's to just completely make a mockery of Intel on purpose. But also, I mean, there will be people who just want as many cores as they can get. So who wants more than 32 cores and isn't just going to pay up for 64? I mean, That's a question I
1: have. Well, if it's going to be, if the 48 core is going to be like three grand and then the, the 64 core is going to be like five grand, then there's a market there because the price difference is so dr- drastic. But other than that, yeah, I don't see here Because basically, uh, as far as I know, I've I've heard from AMD themselves. I can't remember on what people buy the highest core count thread ripper exactly. every time. They don't go for the lo- lower end ones. The only time that was different was with the 2950X, and that was of because course, the 2990X yeah. was bad at all the other stuff, unless you were only mm-hmm. using all the, you were doing tile-based rendering or whatever, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and so that's my mentality, but it certainly could come eventually, right? It's completely up to AMD. I just yeah. wouldn't, I just keep, here. the only thing that annoys me is we know there's a 3990X, we know there's a, you know, 3960, 3970, and then I just keep seeing on Linus Tech Tips and WCCF, question mark, 3980X, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, you guys are acting like it's for sure coming. They only launch with three thread rippers. When uh, for the first gen, they went 8, 12, 16. That was it. They yep. didn't have lower clock higher clock versions. They didn't bring the eight core back for Zen Plus, mm-hmm. right? So they it made sense why they had 24 and 32 then. But yeah, I don't know. I just wouldn't assume it.
1: Yeah, but I just think it would make a smart use of six core CPUs. Because I've heard that's the one that they're getting the most yield on is the six cores. They're the cheapest to manufacture the six core ones. So it would be smart use of the six core. Chiplets.
0: Well, I guess yeah. I guess an argument I could make against myself would be perhaps what they could do with these forty-eight core, six-core chiplets is just take some of the worst eight-core yields, but disable the two worst cores on the eight-core chiplet. And there you go. You got decent six-core yields. You yeah. can put that in Threadripper. Yeah,
1: I think that's what they're doing. To be honest, I think the the ones that just literally because there's not a lot of people buying the thirty-eight hundred X. Don't understand why that, that that exists in the first place. Uh, there's there's a lot of people buying the thirty-seven hundred X. There's a lot of people buying the thirty-six hundred. Um, Mm And, you know, and there's a lot of people buying the 3,900. And I think there'll be a lot of people, all of the people who bought the 3,900 are going to start buying the 3,950X. They just get it in stock. So
0: I have a video coming out today that I actually just finished, but I haven't uploaded yet. And so anyone listening to this, this came out a few weeks ago, but I'm willing to talk with you about it now. Let me know if you want a 3,950X. I'll send you as many as you want because they are not rare in the US. I've been to four micro centers in stock on all of them for about five minutes, and they keep selling out. It's come in stock on Amazon multiple times. And I went to the actual, you can actually, there's this website, BLT Shop, and you can and they actually show how many are in stock in each warehouse. Tens of thousands are in stock that, that they're moving every couple of weeks. So at least in the US.
1: So, <laughs> so it's not the 3950X uh, yield that's the problem. It's the demand that's the problem is what you're basically saying
0: i'm saying the demand is astronomical and that they're not giving them to europeans
1: (laughs) yeah probably i think what's happening is that um all of the people i think the reason why it was delayed and i said this in a video was not due to clock speed not due to yields but due to why would i sell this chip when the 3900x is selling so well let's sell more Mm -hmm. 3900x's and then we'll launch the 3950x and because i know for a fact that all of that maybe 80% of the people who are buying 3900x's are going to start buying 3950x's and i think amd know that as well so why kill your market there for a 12 core until you've sold out kind of the initial rush of, of 12 cores and then you go the you know the other one and then what'll happen is all of the people who already have 3900x's will buy 3950x's and sell their 3900x's <laughs>
0: I feel like, cause that's the thing is I, I really went back and forth on a lot of different types of things I could get. And I said, you know what? I'm going to spoil myself, but I don't need it. So I'm not going to be one of those idiots who pays a thousand dollars for it. And I'm not going to rush to get it. I didn't get, try to get it. I slept in on the day it came out. I didn't stare at my computer. So if I can get one and it's actually not that hard to, I think I'm basically, again, by the time this podcast comes out, I'll, I'll probably have one, to be honest. I think I've got one on a back order that I'm pretty much guaranteed in a week. And I got another one from Amazon. And then it came in stock again on Amazon and someone told me and I'm like, I know.
1: <laughs> well, I'm pretty I'm pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at getting them. I got the Radeon 7 when it was 52 in stock in the entire UK. 52 Radeon 7 yeah. in the whole entire UK. And I got one on launch day one. The great thing about living in, in a different time zone to the US is everything's launched at 9am US time, which is the middle of the day here. So you don't have to get out of bed. You don't have to know anything. You just know what time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I have some contacts, and they, and
0: they actually launched it slightly early in the US too. I noticed yeah. like one hour before they usually do, so I was asleep.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I have some contacts who will um, will tell me or maybe keep me one aside. Can't really go into it much usually, and and the thirty nine fifty X just was not a vet. Like nobody could get oh, mm-hmm. one for me. So that's the case in Europe, as you say, it's everywhere in the US, so
0: and, and not in in just Ireland either. I know in Portugal, we both. Also knows someone named Celso from Cortex who has contacts as well. And he says it's it's basically not available there. And I started sending him all of my proof. And I'm like, again, I want to be very clear about my proof. Micro Center in Minneapolis, Micro Center in Chicago, Micro Center in Boston, someone who supports me, Micro Center in Baltimore. Now, the one in Baltimore, he said there were four. He's like, you want me to get one? I'm like, sure. So he goes back. It was gone in an hour. So that's just how quick they're selling. And then... Uh, and, and, and I, again, I have like actual warehouse estimates. and I'm like tens of thousands. <laughs> so, and I mean, think about it. It's like you said about the 3,900 X. There's been a lot of, uh, articles coming out lately, um, about how well AMD's market share in the do it yourself market is doing in Europe. It's doing well in America relative than before, of course, but in Europe, it's like crushing Intel. <laughs> yep. Like what I, I forgot what the German new egg is. Um, um...
1: Heist.de or something?
0: Maybe. I, I I don't know. But like they're like showing their like sales numbers. That's like four to one ratios in the 3900X. Oh, it's Mind Factory. It's Mind Factory. Mind Factory. Mind I factory. thought that's what it was. Okay. And they just can't keep it in stock, you know. And then in Japan, I saw that it sold out before it even went live. Like somehow people had set enough aside for their friends that when the 3950X went in stock in Japan, it just people showed up and they're like, well, they're already gone.
1: At $1,000 a unit. A thousand dollars a unit, like that's not um that's not a uh, price gouging. I think that's just the way the conversion works and the taxes mm. and all that kind of stuff. That's just how much it was oh, going on price okay. for in Japan, and people were like, "Yeah, I'll have a bit of that." <laughs>
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is uh again, as much as we complain about prices, I think we gotta accept the demand is there. And I and <laughs> I was actually I was talking to Cortex and I said, I think they should have charged eight fifty for this. And he just said, Please stop giving AMD ideas.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, that's that's exactly uh what I feel like. I feel like these they could have sold all of their SKUs for cheaper, but I feel like they undercharged for two of their yeah. SKUs. <laughs>
0: So it's like, what do I even say? It's like the whole pricing thing. And, and what I said is this, as long as you can get a 2700X for $130 in the US, what is anyone complaining about? I mean, if you actually care about price performance, I mean, that's what Dan just got. Dan just got 2700X. So, and that's what I tell pretty much everyone to get too. Yeah. Like, don't get it because I get some, you know, big CPU. It's like, I think everyone should just be buying 2700Xs. Well, I've had a 2700X. I've
1: had a 2950X. I've had a Sixteen, uh, sixteen hundred. I've had a twenty-six hundred. Um, I've had a twenty-seven hundred. I've had basically just you name the skews, and I've had I've had thirty-six hundred, and I can hands down say that I would take a thirty-six hundred over a twenty-seven hundred X. You're gonna call bullshit on that, but
0: um, no, I wouldn't. I'd say if you're like a straight gamer, especially one twenty hertz or higher, it might be worth it. It's more expensive though, right? So not,
1: it's not even that it's the, the PC just feels that little bit zippier. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those intangible things that you have to have both systems running at the same time to notice, and you would never notice it. Um, but having had it, I would say I would go, like, I would never downgrade to it. Like, do you know what I mean? But at the same time.
0: I remember you telling me that too uh, the last time we did a podcast, and you actually did steer me away from Threadripper quite a bit because of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the twenty nine. Because I yet. do notice that. The 2950X is a great deal. If you're somebody who needs to crunch all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the 12-core part is great. And the, the original 16-core part, great. You need to crunch lots of stuff. But just think of it like having a great internet connection with really bad ping. That's the way I can describe Not really bad, but average ping. Convert, convert yeah. to having an average internet connection with a very good ping. You know?
0: Yeah, I think the 2700X, though, is, at least again, in the US, is like two-thirds the price it is that much cheaper it does come with a really good cooler when AMD used to bundle well i mean it used to be a 350 dollars cpu so of course it comes with a good cooler but you know it's if you're doing anything besides gaming and you're at 60 hertz yeah yeah he's holding one right <laughs> now uh the wraith spire yeah. it's the right
1: prism the big one the big boy. yeah yeah
0: but I think it's a good deal for that. Again, you know, it's it. it, it I I do recommend the twenty seven hundred X if you're like truly a, you know, quotation marks future proof budget gamer. But I mean, if you want the snappiness, I mean, yeah. Actually, thirty eight hundred X I thought was interesting too because Micro Center was starting to go towards three hundred dollars. Once that gets below three hundred, I would I was like, oh, I'll just get that instead. My God, mm-hmm. especially because anyone who's buying any of these. Can upgrade to Zen 3 next year, too. Yeah.
1: Well, you can tell which ones are not selling re- well, right? I've said the 3800X is not selling well, and it's dropping in price all the time. So, therefore, I, it, I, it, like, yeah. AMD got that price wrong. I, I've said it all along. And There's, the name. I, yeah. I don't know why 30, they did that. 3700X, 3700. That's all you needed to do. One at 350, mm-hmm. one at 300. Boom. No, Nobody complaining anymore. Everybody's got I mean...
0: They could have even gone 330, 380. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. just hilarious. And, and and it was so obvious because it's a 65-watt 3,700 yeah. of TDP. Like, that's not... That's the 3,700, guys. Not the thirty. Like, where are you... And why are you messing up your whole naming scheme by <laughs> moving everything around? Yeah.
1: And if you want to save money, then you just put a spire because a spire is a 65-watt TDP cooler. You put the spire with the, with the ring LED. You put that in the 3,700X. And then you put the prism in with the 3800x and then people feel like they're getting value for going to the higher SKU, and that's 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 your your issue done my whole problem with the pricing of the whole zen launch was the 3800x that was my whole problem my whole issue was like that is clearly going that was clearly should have been named oh, the
0: yeah. yeah i don't know amd is kind of all over the place with their naming they <laughs> their track records mixed at best, I would say. And I guess let me start bringing up some of... I mean, you are the guest. Some of your videos from this year, this is supposed to be kind of looking back on the year. So the first one I'll bring up is your big video on don't buy a 144 hertz monitor because I think that is your most popular video.
1: Yeah, it is my most popular video. Uh, it was kind of done on the whim of like David does tech stuff. Uh, I, mm. I, I, I really liked him and he could not take off. And um, I just did a video to... T- for this express reason to give him a shout out. That's the only reason why I did the video. Right? I had ten thousand subscribers. He had like one and a half, and I was like, right. Well, he has
0: like 40,000, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I know. I but this was at this that was at that time when I when I launched this. This is that'll tell you how mm-hmm. big he took off. And I just kind of went, everybody go subscribe to this guy. Everybody go whatever. Because so I was like, I was, my whole thing was he was talking about one hundred forty four hertz, one hundred sixty hertz, and I was like, yeah, love the video, but at the same time, never buy a one hundred forty four hertz monitor. Because once you do it, you can't unsee what you've seen, and it is so much harder to drive 144 hertz than it is to drive 60 hertz. And it, it's very much like the 2700 X and the 3700 X. Don't buy a tw- buy a 2700 X. Absolutely, never buy a 3700 X. Because if you do, and for whatever reason you you want to down, you want to you come into hard times, and you think it's great idea to sell my CPU and get 200 mm. quid back and buy a 2700 X. You will not be able to unsee what you've seen. So that was kind of that video and basically but the, my favorite thing that happened from that video was not me getting 80,000 80, views or whatever I got was mm-hmm. um, him getting about a thousand subscribers in a day and uh, his video kind of getting pushed by the algorithm because he got 10,000 views in a day mm-hmm. as well. And he tanked me afterwards. But that was, like, kind of the catalyst. And then he launched another video, like, two or three videos later, and that one got, him got like, three or four million views. So it just goes to show yeah. you, like, when, when, when you've got really good content and you do it and you hit the nail on the head properly like he did, that, like, There's
0: a little bit of luck, but eventually, if you keep yeah. hitting the nail on the head, it yeah. will just pick it up. Well, actually, yeah, that's funny you mentioned that because my, and I, I, you know, I don't know if you listened to I, I imagine you did, but the broken silicon where I talked to him, I enjoyed talking to yeah, him. Yeah, I love a bit
1: that. Yeah, well. he's a great guy. I love his laugh. He is. I love his yeah. laugh. It's a it's brilliant laugh. I like how he says, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you uh, had problems with his name, and I'm lucky. Because we have uh-huh. we have we have Wales next to us, and David is a very popular name in Wales. Mm-hmm. So, like, I love rugby, and a lot of the players would 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 have different Welsh names, and David would be a very popular Welsh name. So, uh, yeah, it's not the same spelling or anything like that, but it, the pronunciation is exactly the same. So, I had no problems saying that.
0: <laughs> but the uh, the the algorithm is interesting because my most popular video is the Intel's bulldozer has arrived, which I thought was good. I thought I did nail it on the head. But I have other videos like, I'll just speak for myself. I think my latest Intel leak video was easily one of the best ones. And that one was a much slower burn. But it's like, you know, it's just right when everyone wanted to take a dump on Intel. And it was kind of their bulldozer. And then just, you know, it takes off.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see, like, people don't know when you make a YouTube, you make... Like I spend, I do the least amount of work anybody probably does on their videos. And I have another guy who helps me as well. And I, but I would shoot my video maybe six times before I I actually upload upload a video. And uh, I do about a couple of hours of reading before I do my video. If it's on a very specific topic. So you could put like whatever amount of hours into a video and think this is going to do brilliant, great thumbnail. Great title. <laughs> it's it's going to do amazing. And then you do a video that like literally you put a half an hour's worth of work into it. You only did it because I it. you know. knew it had to go live that day. And all of yeah. a sudden you get like three times your average view count because yeah, whatever. The YouTube algorithm just said, you <laughs> yeah have it, And I don't know. I don't understand it.
0: I will be honest, I suspect it's a little less algorithm, although that's definitely a thing. It definitely is. And some of it really is just luck. You know, maybe this one time someone did share it, and this one time you didn't get brigaded on Reddit, and this one time this (laughs) didn't happen. So that's the only thing I would say is if you want to help Paul or me or anyone, you know. Don't just, and I've seen people doing this, by the way. I think there's a few people that just Insta post our videos in the AMD subreddit to instantly get downvoted to a thousand. Yeah. but I would say maybe don't do that, but actually sending it to someone on Facebook, actually maybe posting it in any other Reddit besides the toxic AMD subreddit, (laughs) it really does help because I do think a lot of my videos and yours that have done well just happen to be shared more that day too yeah and so the the only way to really ensure a video you think is good does well is tell someone about it actually share it
1: yeah yeah or like even if you are going to share it into toxic amd reddit share it somewhere make sure it's a it's a it's an informative video that answers somebody's question and be like Mm -hmm. maybe you should watch this because this will answer your question uh you know
0: exactly you know don't just and i've seen that don't just insta post all of my videos into the amd subreddit which i think some people are still doing, which I appreciate the support, guys. But I feel like if you do that, some of my videos aren't as good as others. And even if they are, they're just going to see me appearing every day. <laughs> and uh, they just, they don't like, uh, they don't like that.
1: No, no. And and the amount of trolls in, in Reddit are like. Dude, yeah. I, dude, I I, I deliver. I went onto Reddit for like Reddit's not a thing in, in Ireland. It's just not a thing, right? We mm-hmm. used to have a very famous forum called boards.ie. Went away, never that popular after like first two years. So we don't really have any popular forums in Ireland. But yeah, some people use Reddit, but it's not a big thing. So I just went on to it because I started a YouTube channel, heard that Reddit can be Mm. really good for a YouTube channel. Went on, started posting every now and again, just trying to give people advice. And Mm. I was like, yeah, no, not going to do this anymore. It's just too toxic. Sorry, just no,
0: no. I think I did a pretty good job of kind of guerrilla posting when I had like 10 subscribers, but I don't remember when it was when I said, I'm done doing this because I can see once you get to a certain size, it's going to be counterproductive. There's a certain amount where they will put up with smaller channels, posts there. They'll be like, oh, I've never heard of this guy. But the second you get even like a thousand subscribers and your stuff appears there more than once a week, they just will say, Hey, this is the guy we're going to hate now. Mm-hmm. And I I find that interesting.
1: Well, that's why like I could be absolutely hated on Reddit. I wouldn't have a clue because I don't go there. So yeah, like people could absolutely despise me.
0: Uh, (laughs) Not really worth going there. But what you can do is I've gone to the uh, Reddit and I've just typed, just Reddit in general, just type Moore's Law is dead. And then, boom, it'll just, all of my posts. And what I'll find funny is the ones that don't get brigaded and be like, so why why are they being nice to me this day? What's this about? (laughs) But yeah, it's really not worth reading the comments, though, because... I mean, again, I found someone who wrote an entire report on why I suck. The oh, report, right. There's paragraphs and supporting arguments. Ha, almost all of it um, was putting words in my mouth and misquoting me. Well, the but gra- it was interesting.
1: The great thing you need to take solace on is that d- that dude doesn't have a life. And he had nothing better to do that day than tell people why he hates you. And like that's, it, to me, a sad existence. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's very weird. Like, just he, he has to have that so that if someone asks, he's like, "Well, here's my dissertation on why Tom sucks."
1: Yeah, well, like, I love, I love my my favorite thing about you is like, if you want to piggyback on the Patreons, and clearly it's said as a joke, like a deadpan, I know joke, it's a joke. like clearly every time it's like, "Yeah, I'm putting out this free content for you." Like, I wouldn't do it if you know what I mean. And, and it is like, literally just
0: the Patreons.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like it's like. No, he's not saying it for any more patrons. He's clearly not doing that. He says when he what, what he, he just plugs a Patreon at the end of his video or whatever, and he says, please support me on Patreon. But every now and then he says this, and it's just a jibe. I think you start doing it now because, because it's a jibe of those guys who started making money for saying it or whatever.
0: Uh, yeah, I did change it, though. So first, what I said is moochers, but apparently that has too many negative connotations. I was like, well, hitchhiker kind of sounds funny. So why don't I start... Saying that, and I actually got the idea from like another podcast I listened to, where he called them freeloaders. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not serious. He doesn't actually think you're a freeloader. How many things do I watch without supporting? I mean, and then it'll be you know there'll be one guy in all caps, just like how could you say that? And it's just like I think this guy's seriously mad and doesn't get the joke. Oh, and then one time I said to a guy, he he like said why he thought I seemed disingenuous when I replied to him. So, I've noticed by your grammar, I'm just going to ask, are you is English your first language because I get the impression that you can't understand my sarcasm in any of these videos and his response is, "Oh, now he plays that card." And I'm like, <laughs> "And are you and uh are you going to tell me I'm wrong though because I'm pretty sure it isn't."
1: Yeah, no, you're not you're not wrong. And I I get like we have thousands and thousands of comments. I have one guy called Darren Spooner, who literally instant, instant dislikes all of my videos. Yeah,
0: me too. I don't know if it's and him, but.
1: tells me why I'm, a, why, why I'm a scumbag, basically, every video. But it's it's become a meme to the point where, like, I welcome him yeah. to my comment <laughs> section now. And I have never, I never ban anybody. Like, there's people begging me to ban people in my comments. I've never banned. I've only ever deleted racist slurs and all that kind of stuff. But other than sure, that, yeah. I won't. Uh, you can say whatever you want about me, my wife, whatever. You say whatever you want. But, like. Yeah, when you see these comments in your comment section and then you actually become friends with them because they get that you get that they're just a troll and they give up the troll and they just actually become like, they they get into the joke of like me being really nice to them and then them being really mean to me. And then they're like, oh man, it's great yeah. to see you back again. And he's like, yeah, man, I've missed you. Whatever, you know, just goes on. It's Yeah, so he's turned them into my friend kind of.
0: Yeah, the people I typically... It's only like three I blocked is if I see someone in every comment section saying the exact same thing in all caps every single time, I'm like, this is just in my way. But I usually unban everyone every couple months anyways, just (laughs) because I don't actually care. It's just like, you just need a timeout.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You need to sit down and think about what you said. That's what you need to do. Go to the ball gunner. What I did for a
0: while actually is if I found a particularly stupid comment, I would reply to it and then I'd pin it. <laughs> so that's the first comment everyone sees and I thought it would be funny people are like why does he like this? He's like no don't sometimes Tom pins comments he doesn't like just so we can all
1: look at him <laughs> yeah I, I was thinking of starting a, a I did one video I was thinking of starting a YouTube series where it was cut ca- because I call people cabbages who are silly people mm-hmm. and I was like I, I think I'll do a cabbage of the month video like where I'll just basically make an entire video about that, that one specific guy's shit posts in my my comment section for the entire month. And uh, wow. and Darren Spooner won the first award because yeah, Darren Spooner. And uh, I decided then that I um, probably shouldn't be feeding the trolls you know what i mean so i didn't do
0: it yeah i've thought about doing that too i'm just concerned that no matter how obvious i try to make it that i don't actually care and that this is funny and that hello they're insulting me every day why can't i do this there will always be people that are like why are you picking on you know i don't i don't know where that comes from either there's i've seen a lot of people this is what i see all the time cuz i um i did a die shrink that i'll probably release you know, into the main feed at some point where I talk about online hate where me and Dan actually went down the rabbit hole on Reddit, followed these people's post history, made notes and started talking about all of them. And what I found is the downvote ratio for me, Chris, you and Cortex is pretty much even yeah. give or take per month. And adored is the most hated, which again, I find hilarious, but I'm like, so who would hate Cortex, me and Chris the same amount? Cause we're we're like entirely different people, and I think it's obvious. Chris goes out of his way to not offend people sometimes. Like he really wants to be understood, mm-hmm. and like me, and and you will sometimes just make a video called "Go Fuck Yourself." Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, but the, and then Cortex is this knowledgeable guy who clearly works in the industry, and it's like, so like, how can you dislike Cortex and? In- I make videos called Go Fuck Yourself. Why do you dislike (laughs) him as much as me? And I'm like, it's just literally they don't like other people's opinions. And one thing I saw consistently, consistently were comments like this from the people writing the reports on why we suck. I can't believe people take them as gospel. And I'm like, no one takes me as gospel, I hope.
1: No, I hope literally nobody goes out there and quotes my words as gospel. I would believe myself to be somebody who spouts their opinion online rather than a tech analyst. So, like, I would believe that I'm more than the average bear informed on the topic, but I'm not. Sure. A, I'm not an engineer. I, I, like, I'm a computer technician. That's my act, and some software, and some sorry networking. Like, that's my my expertise. Computer technician. So, like, I can do system uh, component component level repairs and boards and stuff like that. That's my level of expertise. Um. But I probably read more stuff on a daily basis about hardware than most people do. So therefore, I condense mm. it into an opinion and give you a bite-sized opinion every day. That's what I do. So don't take my word as gospel. I will make mistakes. I will make things. I will say things that aren't correct. But on average, I think I'm probably more right than the trolls on on Reddit who like have nothing <laughs> better to do than just say they don't like people because they don't. and these people like. Uh, I won't name the YouTuber, but it's a very famous, very famous Irish YouTuber that um, mm. Chris sent me a quote from, and it was about politics. And I don't want to go into politics here. Yeah, but um, I just basically said back, I know that guy in real life. I almost had a, <laughs> I almost had a fist fight with him in a bar. I don't believe people who are completely cynical and are not open minded and have no no ability. Like I will say I'm wrong, and I will apologise if somebody proves me wrong. I think these people can't be proven wrong. You know what I mean? And this specific YouTuber mm-hmm. who has like three or four thousand, three or four thousand subscribers, he can never be wrong. And he will fight you if you bring him. If he, if you, let's say, for instance, said aliens don't. Uh, he says aliens don't exist, and I go, yeah, my okay. best friend, my best friend Dave is an alien, seriously. And I bring Dave to him, and Dave is a fucking alien. <laughs> this dude will, will, will won't believe you. He just won't believe you. And like, that's the type of some, these, these are those people on Reddit that you're trying, like, there's no point in fighting them. You'll never convince them of, of the truth ever. You know what I mean? And I'm, I always, you can see, you've seen through my post history, I've made videos saying I'm sorry when I was wrong.
0: Yeah, and I have too. And and I'll pull something if I think it's incorrect or in hindsight. Well, actually, I'll pull videos often because, like, for instance, one of my, I like did like three speculation about Turing refreshes in February this year. And I realized they all came out in the same week. And I'm like, if someone's going through my back catalog, I think maybe maybe I just keep the video that was the best of the three. Like, I don't think I need all three of these there, Mm -hmm. you know, and that type of stuff. And yeah, again, like the report about me, what I found so interesting is there was like one out of the 10 things where I was like, yeah, I was wrong about that. You're right. Mm-hmm. I'll just say it, but then the other nine was just putting words in my mouth.
1: Yeah, well, look, it's, as I said before, dude, don't feed, don't feed the trolls. I, I was going to make that no, and there's no point. But like your touring speculation videos, really enjoyed them. Watched every single one of them. So maybe you can do more stuff on touring. That's what I'll say. I did watch them all.
0: Well, cri- thank you, <laughs> Christian Hell in and he says, "Has Paul given up on ranting? Though he seems tamed for the most time now, and it's very unusual for me."
1: Go watch my video of uh, like. Uh, a while ago. It's the the newest rant on my channel, I suppose. But yeah, I'm I'm still ranting. Uh, Yeah. So, like, I I just thought that I would, I decided to go down a path where I would try to be more rational. Yeah. Uh, And it has destroyed my channel. 100% destroyed my channel. Like, my view counts are down, everything's down. subscriber numbers down, everything's down. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with
0: what the initial... Why were people initially coming to your channel, right? Yeah. And uh, actually, you know what? I'll talk about this with you too, is I think, can we, and this is almost off. like changing the subject. Can we both admit that if we do a lot of pro AMD stuff, we'll get more views Some t- usually?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think- It's like there's pro, a
0: group of the AMD people.
1: Pro AMD or negative against NVIDIA. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that the issue with me not doing ranting videos, because I was, that's my personality. That's not put on. I rant. That's what I do. If I fuck, right. if I run into a dude on the street spouting bullshit and I don't agree with him, I'll have a fight when I'm there. And then that's the type of person I am. Right. I don't I don't. If, you, if I don't like you, I'll tell you to your face. I don't like you. That's mm-hmm. the type of person I am. So uh, I think that what happened was touring happened. I got really angry for a while and just couldn't stop being really angry. And then mm-hmm. AMD started to do a little bit of the, the touring stuff, if you will. And I got a little bit mm-hmm. angry about that. And. Um, and I think that really propelled my channel forward. Um, then I did a lot of stuff when Navi came out and I was wrong. I retracted that because I'd mm-hmm. said ne- negative stuff. And then I went, well, okay, it's 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 a 7 out of 10 launch. It's not a 10 out of 10 launch. It's a 7 out of 10 launch. Uh, performance-wise, it's a 10 out of 10 launch. But just, you know, a couple of things that annoyed me. Yeah, Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. And... And then from then on, it's nothing to rant about. I'm not going to rant about something. like I could rant every day if you want me to rant. But yeah, it's a put on. And there are some rant. channels that just do that. Yeah. So I'm going to have to suffer through the pain until there's something else to rant about. Realistically, <laughs> you know.
0: Well, yeah, and a lot of my early stuff was. So a lot of speculation videos, really just simple stuff like you saw, where I'm just like, well, here's the die size, multiply it by 1.5, there. All right, so this many cores, you know, that type of speculation. And I, I think I did get a, I did get Zen three oh, when I really shouldn't have. <laughs> like I now know a, uh, adored told me he apparently had the entire Zen three roadmap for three months before I made my video about it. So I like I did pretty good with that, but. And then people will say like, well, why are you talking about this thing on Reddit? Why are you talking about this? And it's like, I can't just give you a Zen 3 leak every week. (laughs) So at a certain point, whether you lose views or not, you have to come to the conclusion of, well, what can I sustainably talk about, right? Mm -hmm. And you can't, like you said, you can't just rant every day unless you, and again, there are really channels like this that just rant Every day about something to the point where you're like, is there even one thing he hasn't technically been mad about once? And it just doesn't age well. And I know maybe you say your views go down, but eventually I think that approach would age even worse because eventually people will completely get tired of the rants. And I've noticed those channels may get to a hundred thousand subscribers, but then they're getting like a thousand views a video.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um it's like I did one sponsored video and I did it about something that I didn't agree with, mm-hmm. and I won't name the video. But uh, I did it because the money was good. Like it wasn't, it mm-hmm. wasn't shilling for anything. It was just, it was just basically a, a showcase or something, and it, it said showcase. And um, I, I, that didn't sit right with me, so I probably won't do any of that ever again. Um, but like yeah. you just have to you have to try things you have to try everything a little bit in YouTube you have to throw so much shit at a wall and see what sticks that's the way you do YouTube but there are people who drive the one thing all the time and I think they're the ones who fail you know people who just narrow focus beam in onto one thing uh, mm-hmm. and then that becomes the thing that people get fed up with and they don't watch it anymore and then your YouTube channel dies so I'm trying to diversify I'm trying to talk about general tech I'm trying to talk about maybe maybe get some smartphone uh, talk in there as well. Mm. Some general technology, uh, some general futurism. Like like Jim beat me to the punch. And that's what I, all, I before Jim, before everybody else, what I've always been into is futurism. So like that's always been a big thing, thing of mine. And I've got an editor now as well. So somebody who's going to edit all my videos and do proper jobs of them. I've got like DS, DSLR cameras and stuff. So I'm going to mm. change up everything that I do. Uh, bring a lot more production quality and value to the, to the whole channel, but there will always be a ranch rant on my channel because (laughs) that's the person I am. I can't change that. That's who I am. It's the type of person I am. I'm always going to rant.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, sometimes you don't even really know what you want your channel to be for years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you know, um, in the part one of this, uh, you, you'll be able to listen to it pretty soon. Um, I showed Dan in real time. Like I handed him my, um, headset. And I'm like, right. So watch this video here while we're recording the podcast. And it was a video I made in July of last year, months before I ever had a public video that I uploaded and never released. Cause I'm like, this is shit. And I let him watch it and see like what my original idea for the channel was. And he's like, man, this is, he was just (laughs) laughing and describing it. So I don't think I'm going to put it public, but what I will do is probably at least put the thumbnail and a couple snippets without sound. So you guys can see how just like a complete asshole. I look. I look like a cabbage, as you would say. You need. You need there. to send
1: me the link to that, and then just delete it because we'll I see. have to see it. You. You have to share. It. Do, you, do you have it uploaded? Like private it, or is it?
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> up there. Yeah, we'll I have it. to see that video. I'll pay you to in see part, that video. <laughs> yeah, in part. Oh, it's it's uh it's real bad. Uh, in part one, you'll 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 see it. I'm I, I've decided I will put a lot of it actually into the YouTube version of the podcast. So that while Dan's describing it, I'll like make pictures and snippets of the video pop up, so You can see what he's talking about. So that'll be there. And you know, anyone listening to this has probably already heard it then, but you know, and I think, you know, like I discovered that I like doing interviews a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm clearly more of a podcaster than a YouTuber, but I like doing those giant Intel videos. I love like taking a week or two to really dig into a bunch of information. It's just, that's gonna keep happening, but I'm not doing that every week, you guys. Yeah. I think I just got way too trigger happy. In fact, with the big Navi leaks, and while I still think most of my info was correct, I just I pulled most of it down, because I'm like, you know what, if I'm being honest, my initial big Navi video from like July is really all I needed.
1: Yeah, yeah, but the thing is though, when when, when you find something that sticks, you have to kind of—it's the algorithm. You have to drive it home for a couple of videos because if you don't, yeah. you're leaving views on the table, you're losing subscribers on the table, and the, and unfortunately, like I don't want to be somebody who clickbaits. I don't want to be, but that's the way YouTube works. That's what people mm-hmm. people watched your la, like pe- YouTube recommends to a certain amount of people your video. Maybe six, seven, eight percent of them click through, and yeah. YouTube YouTube then decides if it's seven percent. We're going to recommend to more people the next time, and if it's five percent, we're going to recommend to less people the next time. That's the way YouTube works. So if you want a YouTube channel to die, you don't drive these things home. You know, it's unfortunate, but that's the truth.
0: So let's me steer this back to like the hardware launches mm-hmm. at the end of this yeah. year. Although I, I think that was actually a really good conversation. I'm not, I'm not sure much more. I think we actually almost touched on all of it already. Uh, yeah. But I'm curious. Uh, like just in general i'm i'm like like looking at what's coming out we already talked about the 1650 super so let's say the 5500x i think it's literally just 590 honestly probably 5% weaker or something you mm-hmm. know uh, like at $200 for 8 gigabytes do you think that's
1: okay at $200 and it's faster than a a 1650 which it will be right 1650 right. super sorry um then uh, for me it's NVIDIA are just going to sell more 1650s. Nuts, hands down.
0: And this reminds me of the RX 470 launch, because I remember the 480 came out. And I think AMD wished they charged a bit more, because that thing sold out instantly, both to miners and to gamers in mm-hmm. late 2016. And then I remember the 470 coming out, and there were many, many, many credible rumors and people saying, no, it's going to be 150. And then like a week before it came out, it came time to double confirm the price, and they just didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I remember, I think it was the tech power-up review said they didn't have the price until literally like an hour before it went live. So they had to write up the whole review and then at the very end, and they made it 180, but on the street, at least in the US, it was more like 200. <laughs> it was like the same price as the 480. It and a four it just...
1: gigabyte, 480, yeah,
0: yeah And so that's kind of what I see going on now is they really don't know what they want to charge for this. They just don't know.
1: Well, you see, that's, that's, that's the problem with, as I said before, and I know I know that the supercar outside the supercards the RTX cards were priced backstage or gentleman walk yeah. those those slides were like I think they had different variants of slides and they just went with whatever mm-hmm. slide they agreed with beforehand like this is why leaking stuff is so difficult right because you can leak right. specs they can't change you can leak clock speed that can kind of change but mm-hmm. you can't leak pricing information because pricing information can be changed right yeah. up until. I've the stopped minute.
0: including that, yeah, on yeah. my speculation videos because it drives people wild.
1: <laughs> Look what happened with the fifty-seven hundred XT. Overnight, we were all raving, saying it's a terrible buy, and then overnight, fifty quid. What a difference a fifty quid makes! <laughs> and, it, and and that that happened. I, I guarantee all of the reviewers were going to give that a mere view, like uh, like a mm, nah, no, probably steer clear of this. Yeah, and fifty quid. Yeah, buy it, <laughs> you know, some reviewers anyway, buy it. So, with the with the fifty five hundred, it's all down to price, and it's all down to whether you can get an ORX uh, five ninety for cheaper.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, I the fact that now all these rumors are popping up, they've they've always been there. That the fifty six hundred XT is coming out, and I've always thought it's just they barely cut down Navi ten. It really wouldn't surprise me if there was a further cut down version coming, and those rumors are popping up again. If that does come. Right.
1: This is not rumors. This is 100%. uh, Okay. All right. 100%. Well, that's the
0: thing, too. I put out at least a podcast a week and all this other stuff, so I might know only what I'm actually talking about. So I haven't paid any attention. So yeah, So it's confirmed. The one thing I would say that would hopefully bode well for the 5500 XT's price is the fact that the 5600 XT exists. Because the 5700 is 300. Okay. The 5600 XT is going to be 30% better at least, I would say. Or uh, yeah, so it can't be more than two hundred unless they're literally going to make it like two eighty for the six hundred, and then two thirty for the fifty five hundred XT. That'd be very bizarre, in my opinion.
1: No, I'll tell you the information I have. Right, this is the information I have, and on only I have. I don't know whether somebody else sure. has it, right head on chopping block. What I heard was, <laughs> and I believe this. This is one of the the last time I said Navi was going to launch in 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 um. Ja- whatever February or whatever and I literally have a YouTube a YouTube video on the AMD website where they've removed it but it said Navi like we've got loads of interesting stuff coming up over the next couple of weeks and it said Navi underneath in quotation marks and they removed that that's that, that one mm-hmm. literal frame so uh, I was right about that as well so that's the only time I've ever put my head in the shot block and I know I was right but like I was wrong because it didn't um, yeah. 5- 5600 XT is going to be Navi 10 put down uh, it is essentially yep. what we've been hearing as Navi 12 um it is it is uh it, it it's showing up in drivers as a 256 bit bus because it has 256 bit lanes but it has one, yes. one, one dim removed so uh you know that so that that brings down 6 gigabytes of ram and it's going to be like uh, do you remember when the hd 5870 came out yeah and then there was a 58 uh, 5950 or whatever or 5850 sorry 5830? And, and then there was a 5830, exactly. So yeah. that's what it's going to be like. And that came out months after. And that was the way it was described to me, uh, which will mean that the card will come so close to the lower end so that the, it will come very mm-hmm. close to the, to the 5700 in performance when overclocked and all the, the bells and whistles are unlocked. That The only way to, get, to stop that from happening was to remove one of the RAM gyms.
0: Well, there was also the 7870 XT. Which was, you know, a two fifty six bit version of a seven nine fifty. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah,
1: exactly. That was the way it was described to me. So I believe it. So that's all I can say. Pinch of salt, all that kind of stuff. But that's what it will be. We, and it's gonna be like anywhere. Like pricing is all over the map. So I won't say about pricing, but anywhere from three hundred yeah. to two fifty, basically.
0: Yeah, and I I remember my 5600 XT speculation video from just months ago. I think I, that was one of the ones I did in a hotel room. I was like, yeah, it's probably going to be a slightly cut down uh, Navi 10 more. Like, It'll be like 1792. And I think there's a decent chance they'll remove 64 bits of that bus because, I mean, they can. And if you look at the way they design Navi, it's very easy to just disable parts of quadrants. So uh,
1: Yeah, and if, yeah. You, if you look at the way NVIDIA has been designing their cards and the you know, they've basically just been taken. It's same PCB, same VRM, everything is the same. They just take a chip off. That's what they do. And, you know, mm. exactly the same with the, like you're always going on about the 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 2080 Ti being a cut down die. What I found is really ridiculous. I got a tweet the other day. How do you know that the 2080 is a cut down die? I was like, literally take off well. the cooler and look at the part where there's, <laughs> there's pads for, for RAM stuff. That shouldn't be there. In other words, there's traces for that chip to actually have a full memory bus that they just haven't implemented. Mm -hmm. Look at the fact it has less shaders than the the type, you know, all this kind of stuff. I just went uh, and I retired retired from, but that's what NVIDIA have been doing. So why why shouldn't AMD do it?
0: Yeah, and uh, the difference for me, at least between those is, when I look at like the 1080 Ti and the 2080 Ti, it is purely segmentation that they remove. I mean, a GDR6 RAM chip is five to 10, Bucks. So they're removing, they're saving 10 bucks and they're removing more than, you know, 10 bucks worth of performance, but it's so they can segment it. I had a a few people say it was because the AI. Programs they run need 12 gigabytes, so they're trying to force you to get a Titan. That's why they did that with the 1080 Ti2, even just one less gigabyte than the Titan for certain workloads mattered. And the difference is, though, when you get to like 200, 250, it's like, okay, well, they're taking two chips off, and maybe they're saving some money there. But it, I really just, uh, and I'm kind of changing the subject, I guess, when I say that. I just, I've always found that so egregious, 11 gigabytes of memory. I got so mad one time when someone said, I know we wish it had 22 gigabytes. And I'm like, what would you just say? It's like, I know you wish it had 22. 22? Why would it have 22? Yeah. Well, yeah. double 11. No, it would have 12. Look how whipped you are, that you're used to eleven. You're used to odd number RAM.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. this is ridiculous.
1: And NVIDIA, it's NVIDIA's famous trick. Like, you know, with the, with the 8800, uh, it had, what was it, 768 megabytes of RAM or something weird? The 260, GTX 260 had 800 and something megabytes of RAM. Mm-hmm. It's always been their trick to kind of limit memory somehow. The nine, the GTX um, nine seventy. Yeah, you know they gave you a full four gigabytes of RAM, but they, they they limited one quadrant of the RAM. Like that's what they do. It's just the way they they the, and AMD are going to do the same with this card, as far as I know, because it's going to be so close to the fifty seven hundred yeah. that the only way they can take that performance away is by memory limit it somehow.
0: Yeah and I remember there were all these early like Xbox dev kit le- leaks early mm. in 2019 and most of them were clearly bullshit. And I remember there was one everyone was passing around and it said uh 352 bit bus, 22 gigabytes of RAM and I'm like that's a bullshit leak. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. 100%. Microsoft
0: and Sony are not fucking choosing 22 gigabytes. I could I could see a 320 bit bus. Maybe, but the same bus as a 1080 Ti, this is made by someone who doesn't know what he's talking about. It'll be Come multiples
1: on. of eight. That's it, in my opinion. You know, it could yeah. be three multiple, but it'll be multiples of eight.
0: Yeah. You know, I'll bring up a reader mail. Bullethead writes in and he says, Was there any kind of non-CPU GPU hardware trend that you wished took off in the past 10 to 11 years? And what hardware trends do you hope take off in the next 10 so, in other words, do you, what trend did you think was going to happen in the past decade that didn't? And what do you hope? So, I guess it's two questions. So, let's answer that one first.
1: Okay. Well, I remember one thing that I was really disappointed about was, um, do you remember? It's like a, a notebook. Do you remember the, the really small form factor gaming laptops?
0: Netbooks, like the 11, 10-inch ones.
1: Yeah, yeah, like, like the M11X yeah. from, from Alienware had one of those. Yeah, and
0: I think Sony had a 12-inch one at one point, but the Alienware one was really, really impressive to me.
1: Yeah, and NVIDIA, uh, sorry, sorry, not NVIDIA, ASUS had an, a netbook, and it was running like a really, really strong for the time quad-core Atom mm-hmm. uh, with four gigabytes of RAM, when all of the rest of them had one gigabyte of RAM, and a, right. an, a, a GT930, which is not a oh, very wow. impressive graphics or as a 940 no, but and, for but yeah. like for for 720p gaming at the time you could play stuff like dead space and all that kind of stuff at medium detail on it on a 11 inch sure. net laptop it was quite impressive so that i wish that had that kind of taken off at the time i don't think it probably worked nowadays but that was well really-
0: i think we're kind of there though because we have bezel-less screens and so a 13.3 inch, if you actually look at the dimensions, it's actually the same size. Actually, it's smaller than the Alienware 11 inch screen that they had. And it has, you know, I, the new um, Razer has a 1650 in it and it's a 13 inch bezel-less tiny, it's smaller than a MacBook Air, you know, and this thing has a 1650, I'm sure it throttles and then it has an Ice Lake i7. Uh, so that's two grand though. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and I mean my envy has an MX250 and a quad core i7. So that was, you know, that's about well, you can sometimes get them for like 800 bucks. So that's kind of there. I think we're kind of getting there again, but I got to say, I agree. I wish they would have just ran with that idea itself. Like, I really, really, really wish they would have just said, no, 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 we're going to stop at like 12 inches. We are going to make this just smaller and smaller. And yeah, I mean, we'll pair a mid-range CPU with a graphics card. Like a GT930 for something that small uh, with an Atom is very weird. Almost never will they put a dedicated card with an Atom, even though, God, we know it needs it.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And what it really was nice about that form factor as well is that 720p looked really crisp on those tiny little screens. Sure. So that was another advantage to having that, was that it was really easy to drive because it was only 720p. Uh, you weren't stretching a, a lower resolution over a higher resolution screen, which would, which, like, anybody try, go out and try, get your old gaming laptop and try and stretch it, like, try and play a modern game on it that you just can't play. You have to play at 720 it Looks mm-hmm. awful. Awesome. Whereas native 720p on a native 720p screen looks better. Uh, it just, I just liked that idea, the whole all-encompassing an idea. And plus... You just turn off the GPU and those things had 11-hour battery life in them. Yeah, I know. Like back then, 11-hour battery life.
0: Uh, and what I really, really, and I insist on having in my laptops to this day, is I like them to be able to run my games, barely, because if I'm going to use my laptop on like a business trip, it's going to be for like two hours, one night in a hotel. I don't need to max out the division. But if I can run it, then I can hop on with Dan or something. That's fun. What I like about gaming netbooks, especially the early ones like you're talking about is, it would actually run the game on battery, <laughs> and like this idea of all of these laptops, I just, I, it, it's a, for me, it's just from a, a, uh, a like from a position, uh, principle, I can't accept calling this a laptop when it throttles halfway when you unplug the battery, especially like if I'm on an airplane, I can take those gaming netbooks and it'll run for four hours running Fallout Four
1: mm-hmm. or
0: something, you know, and I think that's more what we should be striving for in gaming laptops to have them, you know be laptops the crazy idea i don't know
1: yeah like i would probably like maybe the evolution of that to be if you could have a, a pc handheld of some sort like i know, I know that's impossible because the user inf- interface is, is incompatible but like if you could have that like the pc back catalog mm-hmm. on on a device that you could hold the size of a ps like my my favorite portable console ever is the ps vita i just love that yeah so to if have only Sony
0: them, also liked it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And only they released proper memory cards. Yeah, it's the kind of the old thing. But yeah, um, I I love that console. Still have one. Have it modded. Have all of the emulators and stuff on it. I, I can play whatever game I want from the PS play, PlayStation back logs great. But I'd love that kind of, you know, ability in a handheld. And it it could really happen. It's becoming a possible like the the, the CPUs. Yeah. Like the CPUs that AMD are going to launch soon. They're getting down to the 20 watts, 30 watts. Oh, sure. With like decent, decent graphics. Like, you know, so it could become a reality. Somebody could make one.
0: Well, yeah. What I've always said is I want to be able to play Age of Empires and Half Life 2 on my phone. That is what I want. And I'm like, just make it, you know, like I'm holding my phone here, make it so it dual boots Android and Windows with some CPU. I don't know how you do it, but. It's you, you're nerds. You do it. You figure it out, guys. And and I'll pay big bucks if I can truly just like use a Bluetooth keyboard, plug it into a monitor or something, and it. I don't need a laptop anymore. I just have a phone that's a little bigger and does both. Or even I think it would be cool if they just made a 10-inch laptop again, and then they actually just put like two analog sticks on it or something. <laughs> I'd be very curious if they could get that to work without being complete junk.
1: Yeah, well like what you know, people could argue that it's already there. You just get yourself a Windows tablet and an Xbox controller and you're away in a hack. But uh, you know, uh the GPU horsepower is not there in them, that's all I'm saying. But um my not my quite, other no. my other my other technology that I wish it stayed around was the Sony Xperia play. Do you remember that phone? I think I've talked to you about yeah, that have before. One. Yeah, I had I had uh two or two or three of them because they kept breaking. Oh there you go, yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah. Phones the, were really unreliable back then. I gotta say.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know if
0: anyone remembers the day where all always your screen would just stop working, your battery would break, the charger port would break. I mean, it still happens, but for my money, I, all phones back then were yeah. I mean, I had to replace that one twice, by the way.
1: Yeah, I had I had three of them because I had to replace them all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, like they, they got fire sailed for like hundred and eighty nine quid in in Ireland about a, half a year after they came out, and it, it was a five hundred. Dollar phone i think msrp and it, or maybe even 600 and it, it dropped to 189 i was like i mm. went in and bought one bought one for my friend bought like bought got my best friend for christmas and everything like it was just such a good deal and he had his for four years and we came out of mm. a, a place in dublin called um god what's it called uh it's a pub in dublin and it stays open late and all the kind of teachers and nurses go to it and like they get a discount for being teachers and nurses kind of cool place uh McGowan's, um, McGowns, McGowns, what it's called. It's a nightclub. And we came out of there and he was well oiled. I was fine. And he <laughs> he like he tried to show me something with his phone in his hand and it mm-hmm. did a somersault and smashed. And he cried. God, a four years old, a four-year-old phone. Like I was on a quad core phone with two gigabytes RAM. His phone, he cried. Single core, 512 mm-hmm. megs
0: RAM. Yeah, oh. it was a single core.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but it, it can... went up to 800
0: megahertz before they only went up to three or four hundred.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it played. Almost every game you could imagine. It did.
0: Yeah, all yeah. the games, and it and, and ran
1: them at a re, uh,
0: reasonable resolution and had those, it probably should have just put full PSP or Vita like analog sticks in it. I don't really, I didn't really like the, I don't know how to describe it. Honestly, it's very similar to the Steam controller like touch analog circles, except smaller and on a phone. But yeah. they worked a heck of a lot better than touching that screen in a shooter. And what was mm-hmm. funny is you could play like the, android call of duty or something online and it would let you use those controls and you could just clean house with people using touch controls
1: yeah yeah it was such a such a good phone that's one of the things i was um kind of disappointed in going away uh imagine a modern day phone with the flip out controls yeah you know with the modern hardware
0: yeah i know sony's throwing around a successor idea to the Vita right now, but I I, I expect it's going to stay an idea. I don't think they have any interest in getting into that market again.
1: For me, if you're going to do it, you have to do it wholeheartedly. You can't do it half-assed. And I think that's probably the problem with the Vita is they didn't do it wholeheartedly you
0: know no they 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 did the design was perfect and then i think around when it was coming out they realized they just didn't care anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: everybody go buy a ps4 that's what kind of happened mm-hmm. yeah yeah sad times
0: but yeah so i guess i'll uh, I, i'm getting a little tired here so i guess i'll try to end it on one bigger uh question unless it, well let me ask this is there anything specific from this year you want to talk about
1: i'm um, yeah, the Threadripper launches, I suppose, were, were a big okay. point of con- contention with me. Um, I understand the why they launched. I understand the way they launched. I understand the reason for them having to launch the way they launched. But for me, going back to what I what I always said, um, point of entry is always a big thing with me. And I remember when I could buy an i seven nine twenty and and uh, you know an X fifty eight motherboard for two hundred quid. And 250 quid for the CPU and get into the HEDT platform. I could get all those PCI Express lanes. And I understand AMD's approach to that is look, you can go get our lower end HEDT. Mm. But what if you're somebody like me who's experienced the Zen 2 cores? Exactly. Yeah.
0: Someone offered me a 1900X. I, I don't know if you saw that in the video for free. And I was yeah. like, but
1: then I'd have to buy the
0: more expensive motherboard. I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I just want I want the price of entry to be lowered. That's all. I just think that, right, granted, don't give everybody 24 cores or whatever. But if they'd offered a 16-core variant for 750 mm-hmm. quid, uh, very much like they did with the original Threadripper. Well, I they think they thing. might,
0: though. Yeah. I don't think they will, but it's always an option. They could even call it the 3940X, and they could make it weaker than this. You know. Yeah. They could do that. I wouldn't rule it out. They probably won't. But
1: yeah. But I, like, there is room there, name wise, to do it. But uh, yeah, mm. I, I think if they'd have lowered the margin, de- the mar- like the, the margin to entry or whatever, and yeah, that for me, I would have been absolutely delighted with. Um, I understand they're just trying to say, well, look, if you need a budget one, go buy the other one, or you can buy this perfectly good 3950X, which, you know, Mm -hmm. but what if you need, I know somebody who runs a 1950X, and they run 250 gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of RAM, or 128 gigabytes of RAM, or something like that, and for their specific use case, their only option to keep that amount of RAM is to go up to the, the ridiculously expensive. So
0: they have 250?
1: 256 or 128,
0: I can't remember. Because 3950X supports up to 128 ECC memory. So this is my point of contention too, as I'm realizing. I just don't think most people need that. And I think your friend, I think there was this, I I I don't know if you saw it, I mean, I called it the happy accident where AMD was forced to price things ultra competitively. And by accident, that meant that if you didn't really need all the IO, you could spend that extra hundred bucks if you kinded it, and it would be worth getting Threadripper. And I just, I just think those days are over. Like it's they've decided, hey, X five seventy is better than well, it's kind of better than uh, all of Intel's HEDT. So if you want, you can get Threadripper, but only if you're actually what did I say to Cortex? I think AMD's decided that their HEDT is isn't for posers anymore.
1: Yeah, well, this guy isn't a poser. Like he uses it. For- sure. And um, but like, and I know a few people on my Discord who do do very similar things. Uh, but um, uh, Mega from my from my old Discord channel, uh, like he he he's properly. I can't remember exactly what he does, but he uses his PC for work, and he needs that. And um, for him, he's like the price of entry is too high for me. I'm just gonna have to keep my 1950x, but I want something better. There is something
0: better. It's called the twenty nine seventy WX, and it's nine hundred dollars. There's your nine hundred dollar twenty
1: four core. Yeah, but he like for him that that slight upgrade, like not in cores, but in like it's because it, it doesn't need cores. He needs the the IO and the memory. That's what he needs. You know what I mean? The memory channels, all that kind of stuff. And, um. For me, it's just, I know I know that AMD would drop the prices in a heartbeat if, if Intel had competition. If Intel got their 10 nanometer process right, these would all be cheaper. That's it. I just know that. I just know if, for a fact. Because people would, if, if Intel were even within 5%. Yeah,
0: I mean, I thought they might even price the 24-core at 1000 or 900 if they really had to. Yeah. And I think that blows, some, maybe it would be worse yields, I don't know, but I think they could have.
1: Yeah, I know they could have. And look, I'm sick of talking to death the same way of talking about price cuts. I genuinely am, right? But at the same time, I just know that they're only... It's not the fact that things cost this price, because I understand they have to cost that price. I understand that it's a business decision. I understand everything about it. I understand the reason why it exists, everything. I just don't like that AMD went so quickly into Intel's mentality shift straight away. And I know that will continue on as Intel stop competing, it will continue on further up the track to the point where we could be getting Zen three stuff and it, it could be amazing, but it could be like 400 quid for for an eight core. And
0: so I'm a, so yeah, I'm I, I, the, the problem I have with that though, is that I don't think they're in Intel mode yet. If you go and look at what Intel was pulling, it's like, are they making higher profits because they can sure But if I mean, what did I? Yeah, I think I compared, I don't remember which one of my recent videos. Like, you, it's hilarious if you look at the die size of an i7 920 Mm -hmm. and then the price, the price was like 280 or something, I think, for the i7 920. Mm -hmm. And then you go and you look look at the Sandy Bridge quad core and the die's half as big. And then I showed the 6700K and it's just this little square on this big PCB that it, and you can see like that was what Intel did. They were making. They were saying, "Hey, not only is this a third as big of a die by now, or, or half as big, so we double the profits." You know, we're going to charge three fifty instead of two eighty, and I don't think AMD is anywhere near that yet.
1: No, they're not. But it's the shift in mentality so quickly, that I don't like. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not that I think they've gone exorbitant. I don't think they have. I think they know yeah, where they Yeah, that's the word the I would use. Yeah. Not
0: exorbitant yet. Yeah,
1: but but the, the shift in mentality changed almost as soon as they knew 10 nanometer wasn't coming it happened straight away and you can see it with stuff like 3800x you can see it with stuff like they didn't debate anybody with the with the 5700xt it was supposed to cost 450 quid they just i think it
0: was supposed to cost 500 to be honest (laughs) they
1: just seen the public reaction and went and you can see it in his face go what does a interview of of that i can't remember his name but it's on pc world he's getting interviewed and he goes kind of red in the cheeks and he He's kind of embarrassed talking about it. And he's just defending himself. He's constantly on the defensive. And, you know, he's, and he, the, the interviewer is not giving him a hard time. You know, he's not. It's like he didn't want to charge that much, but somebody else told him to charge that much. Yeah. You know that what That is I mean?
0: what happened, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, the, the relief when he can charge 400 quid for it, just like it, he just, it was like he was like a different man in different interviews. And you can see that shift across AMD's whole stack it's like they're becoming more, like yeah, they're a corporation. Of course, they're going to be about more, more about investors. But mm-hmm. the shift in niche straight away, I was like, yeah, they're not immune to this kind of stuff either. It's going to happen. We're going to be if, if Intel and I don't think Intel are going to compete till twenty twenty three. Like I just don't see it happening.
0: There's a solid chance it might be that long. Yeah, now.
1: yeah. And people and,
0: call me crazy, but I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs>
1: that's two or three years of of, and they'll come back hard, and they'll come back with something that absolutely. Rocks the market. Hopefully. I'm sure they will. Yeah, <laughs> <If> they don't. <laughs> but at the same time, like they're already talking about launching new architectures on on old nodes. So they're gonna for the first time in a long time release mm-hmm. something on 14 nanometer. That's actually a new architecture. Ooh. which is which is interesting to me.
0: Crazy idea! You change architectures after a decade.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Well, the problem is that they just always wanted to go new architecture, new node. You know, that that's what they, they always wanted to yeah. do. That and and now they've kind of separated that internally inside the company. Great idea. Why didn't you think about yeah. it sooner? Back in hell. But anyway, the, the big issue with Intel is they don't want to invest billions of dollars in flushing out a, fleshing out a, a further 14 nanometer fabs. Like they mm-hmm. are doing it right now, but they don't want to flesh out even more because that's all going to be redundant when they move to 10 or 7 nanometer. Exactly. And they don't want to yeah. waste money on 10 nanometer because 10 nanometer is not really great. <laughs> So they want to go to 7 nanometer because that's the one they can invest all the money in. So they're kind of stuck in this rock in a hard place situation of how do we supply our 14 nanometer demand while going on to 7 nanometer because we don't want to spend money on 10 nanometer because that, that's just a dumpster fire, right? And that's unfortunately their position.
0: Well, in their earnings call, they said they're stuck between a rock and a hard place because they're trying. They're starting the transition to ten nanometer. Well, they have to meet fourteen nanometer demand, and <clears throat> again, they can be completely full of shit, and that's their track record so far. But at least some of the people at Intel are saying to me, "No, we're saying everything Adored said is correct. No, they were going to effectively cancel the ten nanometer, but and this is his words. I'm telling you, it's working better now. Like that's the whole reason they're going to launch an Ice Lake Xeon now, as well as it should be." No, unlikely. But I think, I just, I really think two things. I think people shouldn't rule out 10 nanometer is becoming a real node. As good as 14 nanometer was, of course, I don't expect that. And I would be skeptical of anything Intel is saying, but I really think maybe after four years of saying this is never going to happen, it would almost be a little weirder if it didn't work a little bit. I don't know. And I could see them doing a hybrid launch. That's what they're doing on laptop. They 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 could bring ten nanometer to desktop. It's just going to be way too late already. But
1: yeah, well, see, that's the problem. It's like you, but they know it's not good enough to invest all of their money in the full transition, and they know it's too late. Mm-hmm. to are and they're already on the next stuff. They're already working on the next. So it, that's the problem. Is 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 the only way these yield issues will go away is if they completely commit to ten nanometer. And I'm not saying that ten nanometer won't get right. I'm not saying that ten nanometer is not going to become. A great process. What I'm saying is, uh, at least okay. I, yeah. <laughs> is that you have, you're going to have to spend 10, 15, and 20 billion dollars getting all this stuff up to, to to meet all the demand of the 14 nanometer and surpass the 14 nanometer demand. I don't see them investing that much money in that. I think they're going to try and use, as you say, a hybrid approach to what they've already yeah. gotten 10 nanometer wise and try and then build out their 7 nanometer to hopefully come in in 2022, 2023 to take off that
0: well that's a thing people keep saying too is they need to get to 7 nanometer in 2021 2022 and it's like just to play devil's advocate maybe they want something maybe they just need 10 nanometer and that's a thing that at least people working at intel and you you have you know people at intel so yeah. i don't know how much they know but um cuz it is a big company that's another thing people don't understand is it's like well this guy at intel says this i'm like yeah they might disagree it's a gigantic <laughs> company yeah, yeah. but Maybe 10 nanometer is much more likely to be a real thing in 2021 than seven. I think everyone's just disregarding 10 nanometer. And it's like, so you're disregarding 10 nanometer after four years. You don't think maybe year five, it could start working. And you seem to, I'm not talking about you. You seem to be saying seven nanometer. So they can't even get 10 nanometer working. Why are you saying they're going to get seven nanometer? I think it's kind of either both or
1: nothing. Yeah. I think that they can get 10 nanometer run. But the issue is that they will already have 7 nanometer ready. So the problem is, do you invest all that money in fleshing out your 10 nanometer when you're already ready to go to 7 nanometer? That's the problem. It's just a money decision. It's not actually that 10 nanometer will never get good enough to support a a quantum leap. It's just that, as I said, and already your competition is going to be on 5 nanometer, which is going to probably be beating your 10 nanometer, (laughs) but it might not beat your 7 nanometer. So... That's well, the,
0: I, I see it as like a delayed Broadwell situation. I mean, Ice Lake isn't quite as good as Broadwell was, and Broadwell was delayed and underwhelming compared to what everyone expected. Cannon Lake, of course, is like an insult. I could just call you a Cannon Lake because it's like the worst <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life, like 1% yields. But yeah, so if it's like a Broadwell ish launch next year like it took them way longer to get to even that level of performance for the new node i mean they'll use it though i mean broadwell did launch on desktop and they could say hey we brought broadwell to desktop yeah maybe six months before mm. <laughs> skylight came out and that's kind of how i see it happening with seven nanometer except maybe eight months later seven nanometer comes out
1: well the big thing for me is that if you go by have you ever seen an intel fab
0: uh, i've never been in one no
1: no have you ever seen one from the outside yeah, Intel fabs are in. For people who don't know, there's about you're thirteen thousand people working in. Yeah, Intel it's about. Though. I wasn't
0: sure exactly what you'd say, but I, my thought is enormous. They are so huge.
1: it is. You're essentially building a small city when you're building yeah. a fab. That's what you're doing. So I love when people kind of think that this production is going to come out of nowhere and it's just going. to... Oh yeah, to, I know. You know, material. I agree. No, nah, when seven nanometers ready, that just means they've designed a machine mm-hmm. that will work. Now you have to build yep. a big, huge factory to hold the machine. Then you have to put the machines in. And you have to build about 20 or 30 of those machines. And then you have to get people to all trained up on those machines. And then you have to, you know, and it, it takes years for that to happen. And yeah. people think it just materializes. Drive by Intel. If you live in Ireland, if somebody listens to this, and you go, drive by the Intel play and just have a look at it, it will blow you away how big that place is. And the, the, the clean rooms, everything that's in it, and the, how the wafers are, it's just it's a, it's a, a crazy, crazy process. And I'm well, thrilled that we have one here because it's great yeah, for employment.
0: What I would say then is, yeah, that kind of leads into what I was saying, though, is it's like, see, don't, that's my point, though, is I everyone's like, they just need to get to seven nanometer. I'm saying they can't just get to it. Like, that's why it might behoove them to have. And that's what I think we're going to see, though, is. Look, I think 14 nanometers is the standard in Intel for the next three years. I think they'll be bring I think their laptops will more and more have a higher percentage that are 10 nanometer. And then you'll get those hybrid, like 10 nanometer core, 14 nanometer, like eight core in the background stuff going mm. on. Maybe they'll bring something like that to desktop, but then they'll have like a Halo i7 that's 10 nanometer. And most of everything's gonna be 14 nanometer. That's dirt cheap. They can just spit out i3s for 50 bucks. Yeah. You know, if they wanted to. And I think that's and then maybe, yeah, they'll bring one seven nanometer meter product out uh yeah I, I think that's what we're looking at but it's they can't there's no point in talking about seven nanometer from a business perspective I think for the most part until they can put half of their nat uh uh fabs at seven nanometer because they don't need to supply tens of thousands of chips they need to supply millions tens hundreds of millions every yep. couple of years and so until they can spit them out at near 14 nanometer capacity seven nanometer isn't that big of a deal, but they can yeah. keep using ten nanometer for Halo products, I
1: guess. Yeah, yeah. Big issue with ten nanometer at the moment. I think is that the big guys, the big Zeons, like have you seen the size of the die on a on a twenty eight core?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, huge. Like it's enormous. The fifty six one glued together. Yeah,
1: it's like it's like almost the size of a, a, a 2080 ti. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's enormous. No, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's enormous. And that's that's the kind of stuff that they're going to have issues with on ten nanometer. I think small quad cores for laptops, brilliant, absolutely amazing. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe even. And I just think there's talk of them got when they go to ten nanometer with the desktops going back to eight cores instead of ten cores. Yeah, there's a reason yeah, that's why. What I saw and that's, too. Yeah. that's that's because they're having problems with the big die stuff. I think. Um. So, yeah, ten nanometer will work. It they will get it, and it will it will be the stopgap to seven nanometer, and it will. But they'll never fully transition to 10 nanometer, I think. They'll never, mm-hmm. you know, like the way they did with 14 nanometer.
0: No, like, I, yeah, I see it as like a Broadwell situation. Their 10 nanometer is the equivalent of what their Broadwell was. It's pretty great when it works, but it's never, and it will be better than it is now. It will be better than it is now. But it's never going to be, well, where we are now with 14 nanometer. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then there's, as I said, the money decision. If we can't completely transition to it, why would we spend all that money building mm-hmm. it you know, and uh,
0: And one thing I would say about AMD's competition, kind of something to almost close on, is I really think um, AMD still isn't in the position to completely go mad with power yet. And I think I, I do. And hey, maybe you'll, we'll look back and say, well, Tom was sure as shit wrong. Maybe. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it, maybe one in four, or 50% chance I'm wrong, actually. But I think when I look at what Rocket Lake's going to be, I still don't see the room there yet. For AMD to go completely mad with power. Although I think what you're seeing in Threadripper, yeah, it's not coming down in prices soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you look at Rocket like 5.2, 5.1 gigahertz, they had to de- the, I mean, Comet Lake, they had to delay that because power delivery issues. And so that's coming out mid next year. They'll have 10 cores at above five gigahertz even if it doesn't sell for 500, it's so cheap. They could sell those for 300. They could sell the equivalent of what a 9,900 KS is right now for 150. And mm-hmm. I just think that's enough to keep AMD competitive at least through 2020 and probably into the beginning of 21. But yes, Meet I know. mean, Intel,
1: re- keep Intel competitive you said no i
0: mean i think it's i think it's enough to keep amd competitive i think intel can lower prices i think 10 cores at 5 gigahertz is enough that amd can't just go completely mad but the problem like we've talked about is they'll be on 5 nanometers n4 at the end of 2021 and once that happens we're talking about i mean they could have a 12 core that uses
1: 40 yeah
0: 65 watts for 200 bucks if they want and that's when intel's really really
1: host the next zen is going to have eight core chiplets that's enough enough said that's just like that's that's immediately yep. taking intel's lead away any lead that mm-hmm. they have just away from them uh you know because intel has that ring bus architecture they all once you once you alleviate that wall between the two the two the, between the cache basically mm-hmm. so they can all gone just gone the lead so gaming straight
0: back. That's what's it's so funny is I thought Zen 3, which we'll see, uh, was going to be mostly for like servers and stuff. And who knows, maybe they'll still have some limited SMT4 or super high count server chips. They probably will. But I, what I think is unexpected is it really looks like it's just going to be even lower latency and an even greater gaming architecture than yeah. Zen 2. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It just looks like streamlined 8%, 10% IPC gain, 100, 200 megahertz clock speed. Mm-hmm. Destroying, wrecking, face, great architecture, and I just don't see. I see. No, Intel. when Zen
0: three's out, I think they're in pro- They're in trouble though, yeah, but I don't yeah. think they can make Zen three more expensive. I think they will probably price it about the same and just destroy Intel. And then Zen four is when Zen four is when I worry AMD will go mad with power.
1: Yeah, Intel just needs to cut prices. Sorry, but they still need to cut prices. Oh yeah, that's just that's just <laughs> it. Like they they won't. 000?
0: But For big, an 18 core weaker than the 16 core, it yeah. has problems. No PCI, like all these problems. It's like it's it's a complete joke.
1: Yeah, just like you've got a You've got a, a 750 quid chip, chip beating your thousand dollar chip. Like, sorry, are drawing or sorry, drawing or slightly beating or slightly losing. It's kind of in in around. You need to cut prices. That's the point at which you need to cut prices because you're you're. you're You you can't rely on the fact that you're just Intel anymore. Intel does not work anymore like that. AMD have have now become a name that you have to pay attention to. And uh, your 9,900K, 500 quid, for me, still way too expensive. Bundle a cooler with it and drop it to (laughs) to (laughs) 320 quid, we'll talk. Yeah. You they know. just
0: can't do it all overnight. Like that video where I'm like, well, Cascade Lake X is still twice as expensive as it should be in my opinion. And yeah. I mean, I I just don't know what its future is because of security problems. So I probably wouldn't get it even if, I guess I'd, I would take it for free. Yeah. But um, <laughs> like, that's what it would almost have to be because I just don't trust. I just don't trust it anymore. And the thing is, though, they can't take a two thousand dollar CPU and say it's five hundred now. They can say it's a thousand, though, yeah. and then next year they'll they'll probably say it's six hundred or something next year. Yeah,
1: I think what they'll do, I think when we'll get the price drops on the consumer stuff, is when they launch the ten core part, the full ten series yep. for. Con- then you'll see the ten core part take the, the five hundred quid mantle. Mm-hmm. You'll see the, the the you know maybe the eight core come down to maybe three hundred three fifty or something like that, and then they'll do the six cores with hyper threading and stuff and. It'll just kind of filter all the way down, and that—that's just Intel's modus operandi. They don't drop prices; they save face and launch a new architecture. And It was always our plan to to, to yeah. bring price.
0: We're bringing value to consumers.
1: Yes, that's what we're doing exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's 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 the whole thing. So with Threadripper, I just was like,
0: well, and so this is the consolation prize, though I would say is. The 2700X is 130. Let's call it 150 now, maybe, maybe even a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, I know so, someone I know in Spain just got it for like, yeah, 1 150 euro or something, like that. <laughs> came out in 2018, guys. Mm-hmm. So as much as we think the 3950X may be too expensive, and I, I, I hope gamers aren't getting it. Although I think we both know they are. They are 100, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like a lot of people ask me if I regret getting my Radeon seven and I'm like, well, first of all, it's still red. So I still love it. Uh, and second of all, uh, no, because it's been doing all this rendering and multitasking and, and mining. And that's why I bought it. I hope you didn't buy it, you know, <laughs> just to game. And I would say the same with the 3950 X people buying it now. Hopefully who are buying it are getting it because it's going to benefit them right now. Mm-hmm. And to the people that think it's too expensive, well, look at what the 2700X costs. I don't think this is going to be that cheap ever. Yeah. But it could certainly be 300 when Zen 3 comes out, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's out of the question with how fast AMD processors just drop in price like a rock.
1: No, it's not out of the question. And as I said, that's the big benefit of, of AMD is that they do learn. Like, they're not too proud to lower prices. They're not too proud to get rid of old inventory st- sitting in warehouses, whereas Intel will just write a check. They'd rather write a check than sell their old inventory, which is, like, you can see now hmm. there's old Intel stuff yeah. still being installed on New Egg for, <laughs> yeah. for more expensive than the new stuff was. Like, you can get an 8-core for, like, seven or 800 quid that's, like, two or three generations old, and the new A core is, like, 500 quid. It's like, what the hell's going on here? You can get quad-cores. I think quad-cores on New Egg cost, like, The forty-seven seventy k still being sold on Newegg. I don't know how long ago this was, but I was checking, and it was like four hundred and (laughs) fifty dollars. And you know, like you can buy a ninety-nine hundred k that. It's like they just don't lower prices. That's what happens. So it's it's probably the benefit of that.
0: I will end. In fact, they're kind of going up in price. Mm -hmm. I would almost say for some reason.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I don't understand it. Like, and even the secondhand market, people are still selling five uh, here in Ireland five. Uh, five eight twenty ks. Is it? Is that the six core parts that Haswell? Um, or
0: it was that or five nine thirty? It may uh, have been five eight twenty.
1: Five eight twenty. Whatever. Yeah, the the, the six core part. I'm. Um, they're selling them for like three fifty, second hand. Three fifty. Yeah.
0: For well, the uh, the Broadwell engineering sample. My friend got one for two forty. A ten course, twenty thread Broadwell e, engineering sample. For two hundred and forty dollars, I felt like such an idiot that I built one month before him. I'm like, God, I, I wouldn't have upgraded. I would have gotten that the ASRock ITX motherboard. That would a ten core back. That would have been so yeah. awesome. Yeah, it would have. Uh, but now that engineering samples like five hundred bucks for some reason. I noticed.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reasons I have no idea. Anyway, I'll end it on this one. I remember what I was going to say earlier on. Okay. Don't be surprised if the fifty-six hundred XT is Vega 56 level performance for 250 yep. quid. That's and, what I think, yeah. And what I always said was, I put it to my audience, and I think you might have said something similar, if you could get damn near, you know, in around somewhere between a 1070, 1080 performance for 250 quid, would you be happy? I think yeah. I would be happy. And that's that's where it could be. And that means that it's going to be slightly faster in a 1660
0: PPI. Yep. So I think it's going to keep getting better, and that's the one thing I'll say too is I don't think we can wave the white flag the the victory flag of PC gaming as where it was five years ago. Mm. But I think we're headed in the right direction. I think prices, especially for how fast things are innovating, are going to bring it. Previous gen stuff is going to become so cheap, and I think graphics cards are only going to get more competitive. They only can yeah, get more competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: and for all of you people who love to hate on AMD and say AMD. <laughs> You know, and, and I'm not, a, you should never worship AMD either. Like, there's a fine line. But for all of you guys who like to say, I hate AMD because they don't make great, gra- I only like the fastest, as you always say, Tom. <laughs> well, then buy the, buy the Titan then.
0: Um, you do have a Titan but, RTX, you don't have it. Yeah,
1: yeah, you don't have the fastest. But like, yeah, for all of you guys out there who say that, um, you know, just remember that I think the only thing that will bring prices down is if AMD catches up with Nvidia. The catch up with Nvidia then NVIDIA people, will drop People prices, keep saying
0: they should price. focus on the mid-range, and I think it's clear that that's important that they've done that. Yeah. Polaris was a good stopgap when they had no resources left, but if we ever want things to go back to normal, they just need to take that damn performance crown. It's clear.
1: Yeah, just once. Just do it once, once, and then we'll Remind see. Remind people you yeah. can. Yeah, that's it, and then maybe you'll get that R&D money. Anyway, I think that's probably where we could wrap it up, Tom. What do you think?
0: yeah i gotta go to the bathroom <laughs> so <laughs> i think now is probably the best time to end it yeah. i enjoyed talking to you and uh yeah. i mean have a good christmas man and everyone YouTube. listening have a good YouTube. christmas too yeah.
1: everyone have a good christmas and you can find me at not an apple fan bug, bug, shares, yeah. bug. All right. on
0: youtube all right yeah,
1: yeah. thanks all right Talk to you later.
0: broken silicon a pc hardware and gaming podcast is predominantly brought to you by me Tom of Moore's Laws Dead. You can find all my content, including videos, articles, and this podcast at www.moreslawsdead.com. And of course, it is also often co hosted by my brother, Dan. And it is edited by my sound engineer, Gerard Cortez. You can find his contact information at www.moreslawsdead.com. You can also find the contact information of my article editor, Carbon Cry. Now, of course, if you want to keep the show running, I really do hope you rate me on your podcasting platform of choice. Share it with your friends. And if you have the money, but only if you do, consider supporting me on Patreon at Moore's Laws Dead. If you do, you get access to the Discord to talk to other enlightening people who work not just at AMD, not just at NVIDIA, but often in the server space and other computing areas that people often overlook. And of course... If you support it, you can get access to reading these people's names that keep the show running. But without further ado, let me give thanks to my greatest supporters. On December 6th, 2019, the following supporters are at the netburst 10 gigahertz or higher level. Bootman, Andrew Drake, Dean, Ruckus, Justin Yant, Thomas Rupp, Tomas Paraj, Jesse Blanton, Jordan Betcher, Muhammad al Khawari, Matthew Rubacher, Prime Tech TV, Justin Parrish, Zachary Martin, Terrence Harrod, Cal Marco, Otterwise Tech, Thyristor, The Ninth Dude, Greg Renegar, Giant... Bible, Larry Hoskins II, Night Rogue 77, Mechanical Philosopher, Libo Kinkilo, Bollocks, Derek Evans, Matthew McMullen, Christoph Novak, Neil X01, Matt Salem, Aaron Close, Sexy, Scott Shope, Frederick Lau, Alexander Dilar, Elethros, Telos, Kaiden, Greg G. Wanchek, Jacob Barber, X Soti, Winy Carabare, Matthew Lane, Paul Jones, John Jan Roner, Rubber Ducks, Michael Costa, Allie Robertson, Gordon Lamb, Carbon Cry, and Sadler Sadler. Thank you all, and thank you to Sahara for the music we